we solemnly swear that we are up to no good. Christmas was coming. One morning in mid-December, Hogwarts woke to find itself covered in several feet of snow. The lake froze solid and the Weasley twins were punished for bewitching several snowballs so that they followed Quirrell around, bouncing off the back of his turban. The few owls that managed to battle their way through the stormy sky to deliver mail had to be nursed back to health by Hagrid before they could fly off again. No one could wait for the holidays to start. While the Gryffindor common room and the Great Hall had roaring fires, the drafty corridors had become icy and a bitter wind rattled the windows in the classrooms. Worst of all were Professor Snape's classes down in the dungeons, where their breath rose in a mist before them, and they kept as close as possible to their hot cauldrons. Shifa, 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 Shifa. Wait, before we go ahead with this Christmas thing, do you know what my most precious memory is of you and Harry Potter together? I have a hunch, but please go on. <laughs> it's when you, or rather I, made you mimic the um, Hindi version of the beginning of Christmas and Harry, when uh, Harry is woken up by Ron uh, for Christmas and you used to do it in Hindi with actions and I made you do it a million times in school and I want you to do this for me again and for our listeners too. So finally, I'll have a recording, <laughs> recording of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so please, okay. please, please, go ahead. Uh, you remember how it begins? Uh-huh. It's like, Harry, Harry, what oh, no, Christmas here? And Harry runs to the uh, balcony of the common room and he looks down and uh, then he says kya ye mere liye hai <laughs> so she says ye tumne kya pehen rakha hai ye ye meri mummy ne shayad tumhare liye bhi hai and then ye, ye mere liye hai ha <laughs> i don't i don't remember how this began but for me this became the scene for Christmas every time I read or watched Harry Potter. Like I've missed you throughout whenever I've watched it alone or read it alone. So yeah, thank you so much for doing this for me once again. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So now, everything around Hogwarts was magical uh, during Christmas time. There was a bit of suspicion, there was a bit of rush, but it was so beautiful, especially the feast and Dumbledore's speeches, etc, etc. Well, in my mind, actually, in my mind, it was even more because I, when you read these words, you kind of formulate an image in your mind. And the moving image is always so breathtakingly beautiful because we're so enamored and obsessed with Harry Potter as it is. And Hogwarts is sort of like like I think we have said this before on our podcast but it's sort of like a second home it's like right and and to have that kind of feeling during winters where the castles will be icy cold but the Gryffindor's um, tower or common room would be warm because of the fires lit everywhere all of that stuff all of that so yeah let's uh, jump into this first memory 
uh, Christmas uh, in Hogwarts. On Christmas Eve, Harry went to bed, looking forward to the next day for the food and the fun, but not expecting any presents at all. When he woke early in the morning, however, the first thing he saw was a small pile of packages at the foot of his bed. Merry Christmas, said Ron sleepily, as Harry scrambled mm. out of bed and pulled out his bathrobe. You two, will you look at this? I've got some presents. What did you expect? Turnips? said Ron, turning to his own pile, which was a lot bigger than Harry's. Harry picked up the top parcel. It was wrapped in thick brown paper and scrawled across it was to Harry from Hagrid. Inside was a roughly cut wooden flute. Hagrid had obviously whittled it himself. Harry blew it. <laughs> it sounded a bit like an owl. A second, very small parcel contained a note. We received your message and enclosed your Christmas present from Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia. Taped to the note was a 50 pence fee. <laughs> That's friendly. Ron was fascinated by the 50 pence. Weird. Oh, what a shape. This is money? Oh, you can keep it. Hagrid and my aunt and uncle. Uh, so who sent these? I think I know who that one's from. My mum. I told her you didn't expect any presents and... Oh no, she's made you a Weasley sweater. Harry had torn open the parcel to find a thick handwritten sweater. It's emerald green and a large box of homemade fudge. Every year she makes us a sweater. And mine's always maroon. That's really nice of her said Harry, trying the fudge, which was very tasty. His next present also contained candy, a large box of chocolate frogs from Hermione. This only left one parcel. Harry picked it up and felt it. It was very light. He unwrapped it. Something fluid and silvery grey went slithering to the floor where it lay in gleaming folds. Ron gasped. I've heard of those. If that's what I think it is, they're really rare and really valuable. What is it? Harry picked the shining silvery cloth off the floor. It was strange to the touch, like water woven into material. It's an invisibility cloak. I'm sure it is. Try it on. Harry threw the cloak around his shoulders and Ron gave a yell. It is! Look down! Harry looked down at his feet, but they were gone. He dashed to the mirror. Sure enough, his reflection looked back at him. Just his head suspended in midair, his body completely invisible. He pulled the cloak over his head and his reflection vanished completely. There's a note! A note fell out of it! Harry pulled off the cloak and seized the letter. Written in narrow, loopy writing he had never seen before were the following words. Your father left this in my possession before he died. It is time it was returned to you. Use it well. A very Merry Christmas to you. There was no signature. Harry stared at the note. Ron was admiring the cloak. I'd give anything for one of these. Anything. What's the matter? Nothing. 
he felt very strange. Who had sent the cloak? Had it really once belonged to his father? Before he could say or think anything else, the dormitory door flung open and Fred and George Weasley bounded in. Harry stuffed the cloak quickly out of sight. He didn't feel like sharing it with anyone else just yet. Merry, Merry Christmas! Christmas! Hey, look! Harry's got a Weasley sweater too. Fred and George were wearing blue sweaters, one with a large yellow F on it and the other a G. Harry's is better than ours though. She obviously makes more of an effort if you're not family. Why aren't you wearing yours, Ron? Come on, get it on. They're lovely and warm. I hate maroon. Ron moaned half-heartedly as he pulled it over his head. You haven't got a letter on yours. I suppose she thinks you don't forget your name. But we're not stupid. We know we're called Gred and Forge. What's all this noise? Percy Weasley stuck his head through the door, looking disapproving. He had clearly gotten halfway through unwrapping his presents as he too carried a lumpy sweater over his arm, which Fred seized. P for prefect. Get it on, Percy. Come on. We're all wearing ours. Even Harry got one. I don't want, said Percy thickly as the twins forced the sweater over his head, knocking his glasses askew. <laughs> and you're not sitting. And you're not sitting with the prefects today either. Christmas time is for family. They frog-marched Percy from the room, his arms pinned to his side by his sweater. Harry had never in his life had such a Christmas dinner. A hundred fat roast turkeys, mountains of roast and boiled potatoes, platters of chipotle, whatever, mysteries of buttered peas silver boats of thick, rich gravy and cranberry sauce and stacks of wizard crackers every few feet along the table. These fantastic party favours were nothing like the feeble muggle ones the Dursleys usually bought with the little plastic toys and their flimsy paper hats inside. Harry pulled a wizard cracker with Fred and it didn't just bang. It went off with a blast like a cannon and engulfed them all in a cloud of blue smoke. While well, inside exploded a rear admiral's hat and several live white mice. Up at the high table, Dumbledore had swapped his pointed wizard's hat for a flowered bonnet and was chuckling merrily at a joke Professor Flitwick had just read him. Flaming Christmas puddings followed the turkey. Percy nearly broke his teeth on a silver sickle embedded in his slice. Harry watched Hagrid getting redder and redder in the face as he called for more wine finally kissing Professor McGonagall on the cheek, who, to Harry's amazement, giggled and blushed, her top hat lopsided. When Harry finally left the table, he was laden down with a stack of things out of crackers, including a pack of non-explodable luminous balloons, a grow-your-own-watch kit, and his own new wizard chess. A white mice had disappeared and Harry had a nasty feeling that they were going to end up as Mrs. Norris's Christmas dinner. Harry and the Weasleys spent a happy afternoon having a furious snowball fight on the grounds. Then cold, wet and gasping for breath, they returned to the fire in the Gryffindor common room where Harry broke in his new chess set by losing spectacularly to Ron. He suspected he wouldn't have lost so badly if Percy hadn't tried to help him so much. After a meal of turkey sandwiches, trumpets, trifle and Christmas cake, 
everyone felt too full and sleepy to do much before bed except sit and watch Percy chase Fred and George all over Gryffindor Tower because they'd stolen his prefect badge. It had been Harry's best Christmas ever, yet something had been nagging at the back of his mind all day. Not until he climbed into bed was he free to think about it. The invisibility cloak and whoever had sent it. Yay. I like the way this ends. I'm happy he's happy. He was happy at least for a day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah, so I hope you feel more Christmassy now that we've had a Hogwarts Christmas. I did. <laughs> yeah, where I, I am. And it snowed here as well. Yeah, where, well here where I am, there is no snow. But people take Christmas very seriously here. So all I can see everywhere is just Christmas decorations and it, the Christmas fever has gotten to me. I feel Christmassy. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, it does happen. <laughs> we hope there's some happiness in everyone's life somehow, even in this shitty day and year and whatever. So, stay healthy. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. This episode was produced by Abhin Shaikh and Shukala Seed. The music for this episode is credited to producer John Williams and Warner Records Incorporated 2001 and 2002 for the original motion picture soundtrack.